Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we will be discussing Colombia. My name is Shali Sherry, and I'm a Managing Director and Head of Americas and Asia Sovereign Ratings. I'm very happy to be joined today by Richard Francis, Senior Director and Primary Analyst for Colombia. So now by background, Colombia is currently rated double B plus with a stable outlook following its downgrades during the pandemic, uh, with the country actually losing its investment grade in mid-2021. Now, since then, uh, Colombia's economy has been recovering well, and the strong nominal GDP growth has led to fiscal overperformance and an earlier-than-expected stabilization of debt in 2021. However, policy uncertainties have risen after the recent victory of leftist Gustavo Petro to the presidency, and he will be shortly taking office in early August. So, Richard, uh, clearly lots to discuss about the prospects and challenges confronting President-elect Petro. But before we start, maybe it's good to talk a little bit about the current macro environment. Um, so what kind of economy will Gustavo Petro be inheriting? Hi, Shelley. You know, after growing uh, over 6% this year, we're expecting growth to slow pretty markedly next year to growing at just 2.4%. We think that inflation, high inflation, uh, close to double digits is going to start pinching household consumption in the second half of this year. And next year, we, we think that Colombia is going to face a number of challenges, including significant fiscal adjustment with higher taxes and lower pandemic-related spending, monetary tightening in the face of the high inflation rates, um, and then, of course, the, the macro policy uncertainties under a new Petro administration likely and negatively impacting investment. Uh, of course, the global backdrop is also quite negative um, and will begin to hit growth as well. We're looking at lower average oil prices, weaker global growth and higher interest rates globally as well. Over the medium term, we think that Colombia's growth rate is around 3.3%, uh, but there's a lot of uncertainty given the fact that the savings rate and investment rates have fallen over the last decade. Uh, and it's also not clear if the, the pandemic has had a, a lasting impact on the labor market. Uh, labor participation rates are still below pre-pandemic levels. And of course, there's a lot of uncertainties surrounding the business and climate. Uh, under the new Petro administration. You know, there could be possible changes to the regulatory framework, the local capital market, uh, the tax regime, and of course, the oil and gas sectors. Thanks, Richard. So in your view, uh, given the backdrop that you've just described, uh, what will be President-elect Petro's key policy and reform priorities? And what are the risks that are concerning investors at this point in time? President-elect uh, Gustavo Petro campaigned on a platform of profound changes in economic and social policies, including reducing Colombia's oil dependence, uh, boosting social expenditure, and raising taxes, mainly on the wealthy. His platform also calls for an overhaul of the pension system with a renewed focus on uh, the public pension scheme. Uh, in international relations, he's uh, seeking to improve relations with Venezuela and opening up the border that's been closed for uh, over three years. He's also said that he wants to renegotiate the free trade agreement with the United States. On the domestic front, he uh, seeks to improve the implementation of the 2016 peace accords. He's also said that he would like to implement some kind of agrarian reform by taxing large unused lands and he will seek to improve environmental protections. 
Thanks, Richard. So you've obviously talked a little bit about the key policy reform priorities for President-elect Petro. But how successful can his administration be in pushing forward his agenda in Congress? Uh, what are the prospects for overall governability and political risks under his administration, uh, given that we have seen social unrest in Colombia quite recently? Yeah, you know, during the runoff campaign, Petro moderated a lot of uh, his key policy commitments. Um, for example, saying that he would respect energy exploration contracts and that the energy transition could proceed more slowly in general. And after the election, he, he further signaled moderation by picking mostly technocrats for important ministries, uh, most notably Jose Antonio Ocampo, who's a well-respected economist and former finance minister, as the new Minister of Finance. Um, I, I think this has helped him successfully negotiate with political parties in Congress, including the Liberals and Greens, to develop a, a governing coalition that could yield a working majority. The congressional elections in March, no single party gained more than 16% of seats in the Senate or 20% of the seats in the House of Representatives. So he needed to develop some kind of coalition to pass reforms. I think all of this signals a likely willingness to seek compromises on important reforms to successfully gain passage. You know, and additionally, uh, Colombia has a number of institutional checks and balances, including an independent central bank and an autonomous judicial system. And these are likely to prevent policy radicalization as, as well. You know, ultimately, I think that we're going to get early concrete signs of Petro's macroeconomic policy stance from the tax reform proposals that he submits shortly after he takes office and also in the 2023 budget, which has to be approved by late October. So now, Richard, uh, moving to public finances, how's the fiscal picture evolving in Colombia and what are the prospects over the coming years, especially given Petro's stance on fiscal policy? You know, I think it was uh, mainly the fiscal side that negatively impacted Colombia's ratings. You know, we saw deficits of over 7% of GDP in both 2020 and 21, and the perspective for another high deficit this year of, you know, near 6% of GDP. And of course, debt to GDP rose by uh, nearly 15 percentage points from 45% to close to 60% over the, the same time horizon. This year, I think we're seeing a pretty significant rebound in tax revenues, which is helping the deficit be a little bit better than we expected. And, you know, we do expect a further adjustment next year, you know, reaching to a little bit over 4% of GDP as the last year's tax reform is implemented. And of course, uh, pandemic related expenditures wound down. I think we're also expecting some under um, execution of capital expenditures, you know, given the recent elections and the fact that, you know, we have a new government taking uh, office in August and usually they have a hard time implementing capital expenditures. And also they have new areas of focus for on the capital expenditure side. I think, uh, you know, going forward, we're likely to see continued source uh, social spending pressures. Um, also, you know, they have uh, fuel subsidies, which are actually quite expensive, looking at about 0.7% of GDP in additional spending this year. And these subsidies will be hard to take away. So, you know, th this could go on into, you know, next year, certainly if oil prices remain so high. You know, and of course, we have a new government and the incoming government has said that they're going to respect the Columbia's fiscal rule. Uh, which seeks to reduce the debt 
to the anchor of 55% of GDP, meaning that they would have to lower debt by about nine percentage points over Petro's term. I guess a lot of this will hinge on, on tax reform because he's also said, you know, in addition to reducing the deficit, he wants to increase social spending. And, you know, all this is obviously taking new revenues. So uh, a lot of uncertainty on the fiscal policy, but we do expect some adjustment. Finally, Richard, as you look ahead at Colombia in the coming years, what would be the main factors that could lead to upward or downward pressure on the rating? Colombia's double B plus rating and stable outlook reflect Colombia's track record of macroeconomic and financial system uh, uh, stability, which is underpinned by an independent central bank with inflation targeting and a free-floating currency. Uh, on the other hand, its ratings are constrained by the large fiscal deficits that have resulted in a relatively larger increase in debt and interest burdens than the double B median, as well as high commodity dependence and, and uh, weaker external accounts. So I think in order to improve the rating, this could come if, if Petro, for example, is able to abide by the, the fiscal rule. Uh, this would enhance uh, fiscal policy credibility, while at the same time achieving a fiscal consolidation that would be consistent with a steadily declining debt-to-GDP ratio. Improvements in governance would also likely help creditworthiness as, as well. You know, it, was, it would be indicative of improved social cohesion and momentum around structural reforms that would help growth. And I think that's the third area where, you know, we could see improvements in Colombia's rating is if, you know, we see higher sustained medium-term growth prospects above Colombia's historic average of a little bit uh, more than 3%. You know, on the other hand, I think uh, if we see fiscal slippage that leads to significant deterioration in Colombia's debt-to-GDP ratio, this could put renewed pressure on, on its ratings. Furthermore, you know, if growth prospects are, are lackluster and, and fall uh, below Colombia's potential of 3.3%, this could have adverse social ramifications, you know, higher unemployment, higher poverty levels, and, and this could also negatively impact the rating. And I think the third area uh, where we could see ratings pressures would come from the external side. You know, we've had two years of current account deficits above 5% of GDP, uh, and net external debt to GDP uh, rising over the past years and, and surpassing actually the double B median. And I think if this trend continued, you know, I think that could begin to negatively impact the rating as well. Thanks a lot, Richard, for sharing your insights. Uh, thank you for listening. And for more on Columbia, you can access our research on our website, fitchratings.com. Thank you.